0: Secret Friends Unite!
1: Welcome to the Secret Friends Unite podcast, episode 415. This is your guide to the geek side, and I'm one of your hosts, Todd Oxtra, joined
0: by Charlie Carden. Well, hello from my new studio. Very excited in a new space. If you're watching us on our YouTube channel, you can see this beauty of uh, me moving down to the Android's dungeon. Yes, I have achieved every teenager's dream uh, living in the basement. Uh, Well, not living down here, but uh, working down here. Um, But yeah, no, I'm excited to setting up a new space, got out of the dining room and into something permanent for our, uh, our little business venture here that we call the Secret Friends Unite Network. Yes, and we are joined by a new Secret Friend Unite
1: uh, member, and that is Jen Watson. Jen, Hi. how are you?
2: I'm doing fantastic. Very glad to be here. Thanks for having me. You're
1: well, got it. thank thank you so much. Well, you were on Code Forty Seven, so yeah. um, if, for those of us, for those of you who want to check that out, love Star Trek, it is out there. I believe it was episode 93. 92, 93. Maybe. 19, it was the I, bait and Chris
2: one. We got to talk about the uh, JJ verse uh, movies, the the Calvin timeline. That was
0: fun. Oh, the the bait and Chris was such a. <laughs> <laughs> really early I can't, it was either you or Kay who came up with that one, but it Kay, was
2: Kate, great. said that. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's good stuff. Well,
1: well, excellent. Um, so, for those folks who don't know you, tell us a little bit about yourself. Your like your geek origin story and what you're up to now.
2: Oh boy. Um, I mean, my main thing right now is cosplay. I do uh, charity and entertainment-based cosplay. So we had a nice uh, lot of stuff going on this weekend for Ant-Man, Quantumania. Made a couple of appearances at some local movie theaters. Um, I'm based in the Chicago suburbs. Um, got into geek stuff through a friend that introduced me to Star Trek and X-Men and kind of been doing Star Trek and Marvel kind of ever since then. Um dipped into other stuff i kind of like it all you know star wars uh dc uh disney played some video games not so much these days but uh i'm open to good stories uh good characters um stuff that brings joy and positivity to the world so not so much game of thrones but you know (laughs) good fun stuff good fun stuff that makes me smile
1: yeah. Very, very cool. Well, very cool. Uh, and obviously you're on Instagram. Uh, so obviously people can check out your cool stuff there. Um, and you've got a link tree that uh, you can definitely share at the end of the show and yep. tell people where they can find you. So that's Absolutely. really, really cool. Well, excellent. Well, uh, Jen, uh, just like everybody else, uh, hopefully knows that now we have started a Patreon. It's essentially almost a month old. We're, we're coming up to it. And uh, with that, we have a new member. This person just joined us yesterday, and that's in our friend zone, which is the entry-level
0: support. That is Francie. That's all we know about Francie. Wow, Francie. I, uh, I missed that. If you, if you message the group about that, I missed it. Well, welcome, Francie.
1: Yeah, both, you know, and that's great. There's a level for anybody at any level of support you want to do. Our entry level is friend zone. It's just to say thanks for doing the great stuff you do. So we thank you, Francie. Um, and we also want to thank our other folks who are part of our higher tiers, our best buds, Jamie Prinky. So Jamie joined and we called out Jamie last week with a superpower. So that's mm-hmm. one of the benefits. If you get to the higher levels, we will assign you a power uh, from a, a super po- a superhero. Sometimes they're not very good, but you know what? We, right. we, we're <laughs> only limited in our usually, abilities. Usually they're not very good, but that's what's fun about it, right? <laughs> Exactly. It's, it's, it's really fun. It's like the monkey's paw superpower, you know. With right. power, great right. power comes
0: some bad results, potentially. Most likely. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And then uh, over on Best Friends, we do have, of course, the Stalwarts. Those are our big supporters. Uh, the Nias family, that would be Sean, Stella, and Henry. And my dear friend, Missy Merchant, who was just on Code 47 with us, uh, which by the time you've listed this on Tuesday, that came out on Monday, where we're talking about the new season of Picard, which we're going to dig into a little bit later in this program, too. So, uh, Nias and Missy, thank you for being our best friends forever. Yeah, and
1: the most recent uh, thing that's actually put out uh, for our exclusive content content is Spinner We did Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow. So please, uh, there's a preview uh, that is there for you to, if you check out our Patreon. It's there. And by all means, uh, Jen, you said you liked good stories. Yeah, highly recommend that. It's fantastic. It's one of the yeah, best comics really
0: I've read fun. in quite some time.
2: I'll have to check that out.
0: Most deaf. Good deal. Very good. (laughs) I was going to say, Todd, and then uh, segueing into uh, what we always do if you want to talk about great stories. This one's funny. This is the West Coast Avengers, very near and dear to my heart. This is issue 12 (laughs) from December of 19. No, issue 15, Charlie. Issue, what did I say? 12? 12. You know why I said 12? I have a good reason for saying 12. That was the first new comic I ever purchased, uh, was issue 12 of West Coast Avengers. It was from uh, Arkans. Store, or basically, it was a uh, like a card shop in South Haven, Michigan, which is my mom's hometown. It's not there anymore, um, but it was one of the first issues I got. So this was one of the subsequent ones. Now I always love this team, but Todd, you and your loathing of of artist Al Milgram is it's in full effect on this cover because we got the first original, extraordinarily lame villain. Uh, of the West Coast Avengers dynasty, this was Mister Pandemonium. This was a guy, and I, I think this might have actually been the issue that had his origin. He was a you know snooty lawyer type uh, who was you know just basically a big jerk. Why he got into a terrible car crash, um, and to save his life, he made a deal with the devil, the devil Mephisto, the, char- the you know the colloquial the character in Marvel had to rip off his arms and legs and replace them with demons, uh, as and then put a put a, a hollow pentagram in his chest. Just why I'm watching. If you're watching YouTube, Jen's face is like, <laughs> what?
2: <laughs> I love comics. I love comics I know. so
0: much. This was at the height of the 80s. Now, again, I loved this lineup of Avengers. You had some powerhouses and some classics. You had Tony Stark as Iron Man in his silver Centurion armor. You had Wonder Man, who is one of my favorite characters in his absolute worst outfit, head to toe, green and red Big red W. I've cosplayed as Wonder Man, but I would not dream of doing this version of it because it is god-awful. You have Tigra, and then you have the husband and wife duo of Hawkeye and Mockingbird. Uh, I love this lineup, and I think we also got, uh, we had the Son of Satan. Damian Hellstrom was also guesting in this, as well as uh, Patsy Walker, Hellcat. And then you got a character, Fire Firebird, who was a character for a little while in the comics. So this was Everything 80s about this is about this entirety is right here. And but I I, I loved it. I was a kid, I was 10 years old when I read this. Uh, so it was a big deal to me, but it was, it's, it's so dumb. (laughs) It's so dumb. Why is this dumb, Charlie? It's a bunch of
1: tiger people pulling (laughs) or cat people pulling demons out of them. And
0: and 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 I remember the crux of this is that. For Tigra, who is a member of the team, to regain control over her soul or her ability to control herself, because she had been uh, losing control of herself, acting more like a cat than a person, the Tiger people were going to give her control of her soul back if she murders Mander, Master Pandemonium, which was her moral quandary in this issue or, or the story arc. So, wow. Holy cow. That's all. That's all I'm going to leave you with. But you know what? You can find this on Marvel Unlimited if you dare, and I might go read it again because, and just take a walk down memory lane because, oh my goodness, it's 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 not good. It's not
1: good. <laughs> yeah, and the art of Al Milgram does not help it because the uh, lack of
0: like detail in these characters, right?
1: Pretty low effort. Uh, it's a it's, a it's
0: a little fuzzy, and it's very bright. Uh, with the colors and everything, as you can see, if you're watching us on YouTube, we've got the, the the cover right there. But this was also during Marvel's uh, perennial 25th anniversary year of 1986, and which gave us one of my. And if I could collect this, or if there's a piece of artwork out there, but almost all of the core titles had a uh, a frame of all you know Marvel characters around in a U shape, and then a typically a single image. Uh, And you got, you know, all the Spider-Man titles, the X-Men titles at that time. But it was also... He Man. It was also the Star Comics title. So you had like the Care Bears, was one of them. And Todd, I'm just, I'm, I, I had them all saved once in a folder, but I, I would be thrilled if somebody would give me a, a piece. And I know I could make it myself, but I'm sure it'd be illegal and somebody would sue the shit out of me if I was to make it for myself. But I would love to have a framed poster print of all of those. All of them. The sequence. Yeah. I'd love to yeah. do that. So it was a got, unique idea at the time. Yeah. If I go and do it, Vista Print or, or Michaels or Canvas, uh, Canvas Champ, just try not. To me just look the other way
1: <laughs> exactly yeah
0: yeah yeah so if you want this comic it's on
1: Comicsology. it's the bad old days folks uh that's Big all time. it is the only one that loves us is Charlie and you know oh my goodness we know Charlie.
0: Jen, Jen, Jen any more thoughts on this being exposed to it for it's kind of like radiation being exposed for the first time it's okay I can still walk <laughs>
2: I mean, I've read some old comics before, yeah. so I mean, I'm kind of used to these ridiculous outfits and, and ridiculous plots, um, which this kind of looks ridiculous. But like in a fun way, you know, you, you pretty much know exactly what you're getting into when you look at a cover like this. Um, <laughs> Big time. I mean, let's bring the West Coast Avengers to the MCU and see what happens, you know? Oh, um,
0: that would be... That would be my dream personifying. You know, we
2: we got Hawkeye's retiring. Let's see if he's doing that. They did bring the West Coast Avengers back recently uh, where they had um, the Kate Bishop Hawkeye on that. And uh, Clint was kind of there with his head in his hands going, what is is she doing? Um, But, uh, yeah, I'm – Let's see what happens if we wanted to bring that team on Um, and they'll have the Easter eggs coming in. I know we've got I got think we got Wonder Man coming up eventually at some point. Um, So, yeah, if you're familiar with these older stuff, then you're going to find those Easter eggs. They're going to throw them into the new shows. I know She-Hulk has a whole bunch of them. Um, Yeah. So read up on some of the old stuff so that maybe you can catch some of the new stuff.
1: Um, sure. I'm boycotting West Coast Avengers, so that's not going to no. <laughs>
2: no.
1: Exile! Heresy! Heresy! Because I think only one of these characters actually exists except uh, in the current Marvel universe right now, so they'd have to introduce like 18 new characters to populate this lineup. And right. as of right now with Marvel, I would say, Mar- maybe Marvel doesn't need more characters. A little right. bit thin right. right now on that right. uh, <laughs> avenue. So let's, let's see what we can do. <laughs> well, that is it for our intro, but we need to get the news portion of our show started. So we turn to our gal pal, our senior news correspondent. So without further delay, Madam Webb, take it away.
2: Now it's time for Madam Webb's rumors and news. Take it away, boys.
1: Thank you, Madam Webb. Madam Webb, let's just say this, uh, based on what we're seeing with all of the comic book movies coming, I am a little nervous about Madam Webb's movie. Not sure when we're gonna get a trailer, wasn't it? The Super Bowl. Um, right. I don't know if Uh-oh. your agents have called you, that maybe <laughs> this might have to go to a streaming service rather than at the movies. We don't know. We're praying for you, sending positive vibes. Thoughts and prayers. Thoughts and prayers. Exactly. <laughs> oh my goodness. So that leads us into our first story. Um at this point, um, there's a, going to be a lot of shakeup at, at Marvel and in Disney overall. By Bob Iger came back and said, "We need to be profitable. We are 45 billion dollars in debt. Disney Whoa. Plus lost 4 <laughs> billion dollars last year and um we are starting to see the the shakeup of that. Essentially, they're leaning into more quality over Quantity, which uh, essentially did launch Disney Plus. That's what they did. They leaned in and it's like everybody gets a series, everybody gets a movie. Yes. And we're essentially Marvel's seeing. Oprah. Yeah, we're essentially saying that's not effective because they've got all the uh, the audience they've got in their streaming service now, and just putting more and more content in is it just means we're spending more to not get more people in. Mm-hmm. So right, um, and down. it's all and, and I think we've had the first uh, impact of that with Bob Iger saying we've got to save five billion dollars this year. Um, so he's going to spread out his content, and we're getting that because uh, we thought we were getting the Marvels movie in July. Well, mm-hmm. guess what? It's November now, um, and we're now also hearing that we're potentially only going to get two to three Marvel TV series this year, meaning things are going to get pushed out, um, which might be good, might be bad, but if you uh, are a fan of the X-Men My worry is I might not see the X-Men until like 2026 or 2027 because (laughs) with all these projects already in the can, it's just pushing everything out. And uh, that's a little nervous to me. So um, with that, I mean, uh, looks like from the TV lens, we're going to get uh, potentially uh, What If pushed out Echo, pushed out Ironheart, and then Agatha Covenant of coven of chaos, potentially all getting pushed out. Um, and then with the movies, we're only getting the three this year, but we're getting four next year, which could mean we could have the same thing next year. Instead of four, we're going to get three. Right. So with that, um, Jen, what do you think? I mean, uh, you're, you're, I don't know where you are at with MCU, but um, I live with there. all the content we get, <laughs> I live there, right. Yeah. With all the content we get, even I think for the hardcore, it's hard to keep up.
2: It is hard to keep up. Um, I don't mind, though. I mean, I've been able to keep up with everything because MCU has kind of been my fanish priority. Um, I mean, MCU and the Star Trek shows are kind of my, like, top. So that's going to be what I hit right. first for me personally. I know other people have had some trouble catching up. They're like, oh, I haven't seen She-Hulk or I haven't seen Ms. Marvel. And I'm like, okay, well, everyone's got different priorities for what they want to see. Um, I have no problem with stuff getting pushed out because I – really support the artists that are behind this and a lot of these shows are really vfx heavy and i want to see the artists treated well for one thing i want to see good work from people who are working in good conditions and if it means that we get some space out with some of our shows i'm all for that i want a good product in the end um you know, that last fight at the end of that first Black Panther movie does look like a video game. And I, I mean, there are great video games out there, but it doesn't necessarily look that realistic. And I know that's because the artists right. were in such a time crunch. So I don't want to see more of that type of look if it means that we've got something good in the end because people are not pressured and moving on to the next project already. Um, as far as the characters that we have, I'm happy with what we have, Um, I too would love to see the X-Men ASAP, I love the X-Men, I'm looking very forward to seeing them done correctly, ditto Fantastic Four, Um, but whatever it takes for us to get a good good story, everything interconnected, Um, I heard the news about the Marvels as well, Captain Marvel is my favorite character, I cosplay her like first and foremost, um, so I'm like, okay, maybe secret invasion got pushed. So the Marvels has to get pushed. Maybe they want to spread all the Marvel movies out over the course of the year. Cause otherwise they were front loading it. Um, mm-hmm. you had Ant-Man and then guardians of the galaxy and then the Marvels just, and then it would end in J- July and then you don't have anything for the fall. So keep right. that interest going, spread it out. I'm okay with it. I I'm fine. I'm happy to see what is coming next.
0: For sure. I mean, mm-hmm. without a doubt, the, people are still going to be interested. People, people who are core to it are still going to be yeah. on board. You know, is, is there a big fear? That, oh, we we, we you know, got to strike while the iron's hot. Well, they've been making these since 2008. The, the iron is still hot. Obviously, what, what goes up comes down. There's going to become a point of diminishing returns where they're going to figure out they're not going to be able to pull it off anymore. But it's not going to be um, – just by keeping slamming it on in there and more content, more content, because, you know, we're coming uh, from a time when, you know, Todd and I were young men that we were excited about. And it's funny, Todd, I was talking about this on Code 47 because there was an episode, you can help me with this, um, of early season three of Deep Space Nine where Bumper Robinson, the actor, was uh, a a guest star. And he was in, was it Gen generation X generation X? He was Mondo. The character. Oh, could, that. Yeah, that was, it was the character. I couldn't remember where, or that same year we got agents of shield with David Hasselhoff as Nick Fury that we would, we would take absolutely anything because there was nothing. And yeah. now it's just, it, it's an embarrassment of riches, but you know, everybody is coming after it. And with the advent of streaming, there's something out new every week. And it seems like there's just no way to keep up. So it's too difficult to do that, so you know we're all, you know, it's not like we're all like, oh God, you know, I, I want this to come out in my lifetime. You know, we're in our 30s, we're in our 40s, we'll still be here and we'll still be watching it in 10 years. It's okay, <laughs> you know, give us a great X Men movie, but if it's five years from now, okay, I'll, I'll 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 do what I can to eat right and stay healthy so that I'm, <laughs> and uh, and and we'll enjoy it at that time. <laughs> Exactly.
1: It does sound like um, it really is going to be this year for TV. Secret Invasion and Loki Season 2 will be the two TV okay. series. I am we're hearing great. rumors, though, X-Men 97, the animated series, is still in scope to be this year. And that makes me very happy. Right. And quite honestly, I think that is just a – it's oh, not good. necessarily MCU tied, though. So it, right. maybe it's a different type of beast. In it itself. might be. <laughs> it might
2: not be because what we're in right now is the multiverse saga. So exactly. set up so, so some of these so other, other- – it really
0: is all the same stuff. It's just it really is You found a way to because, do it
2: for Spider-Man. You well, know they
0: bled. Yeah, they bled. What if into the the animated series into the multiverse mm-hmm. madness with Doctor Strange by you know by getting Haley Atwell in there, so they, they can do it. um it Because really the multiverse is all
2: connected. Is,
0: the multiverse is the big eraser and and the pencil that draws things together and erases lines. So why not? Yeah, we do know though
1: the multiverses that that piece or storyline or the, the the lever to use that is going to end though they've already talked about the end of the multiverse which i think is a good thing from a storytelling perspective because mm-hmm. then you can because ju- you just can't can use it as a uh a, a explain away it's the retcon right. Oh, because yeah, so then, it, then it takes away any type of repercussions. So like, okay, Then you're basically saying, yeah. why should I care? Because you could basically change the story. It's like She-Hulk. If She-Hulk can just go climb through the apps and make something different happen, it's like, well, <laughs> do I really want her in my story? Because then essentially it's like, no repercussions. It, it, have a it's good all time. Jokey.
0: If it's all jokey, jokey, fun, fun, then yeah, you can't yeah. ever really accomplish anything. Yeah, right? exactly.
1: Okay. And the last bit is, as they slow this down, that means they may have to fix continuity issues in post-production, which to me is just a nightmare as a creator to say, oh, that's getting yeah. delayed, now I have to change that. So to me, that's where the big everything connected can fall apart quickly and then it can be like, well, that's crappy and didn't work, great. So we'll see, we'll see how this works. Um, I think it's the right move, uh, you know, more is, uh, less is more, is, the, is that the right term? Right. Less, sure, more is less, not.
0: I don't know. That, that is sure. that is a term, why not,
1: exactly. it work. <laughs> Yeah, uh, next story is pretty cool. Um, I'm a big fan of like these call I don't know what you want to call them biopics, where they're yeah. historical retelling with some like uh, artist uh, artistic license to make them really entertaining. And that is essentially yeah. essentially we are getting a movie on Apple TV Plus about the history of Tetris. Now this isn't <laughs> about awesome. like playing the game or, or anything. Like that. This is more about like somebody made Tetris in USSR and how. Could you get the rights into the United States to put it on a video game system?
0: Oh my gosh! The uh, the do go on guys, which is a podcast, I talk about it all the time. They just did one of those, and they're all they're all comedians, so they're bent on it. it was just absurd, um, but it, it's a wild story. Yeah, it was a wild story about you know during at the height of the Cold War in the eighties. So if you watch The Americans, or you're just familiar with history at all, um, and it was funny. We watched, I was going to talk about in the Geekies, and we watched that. Because uh, it was it was tipped off for us in this Gen X documentary we watched about the uh, the ABC After School Special the day after Todd have you ever watched it mm-hmm. Are you familiar with it Yep Oh my because a lot of it is Air Force based you know talking to you know Air Force people involved so I thought it's kind of in your wheelhouse but but yeah that that's all set during this time in the very early 1980s where you know any day could be somebody pushing the buttons and all those you know SAC sites in the Midwest all the missiles going into the sky um, to be thinking about you know bringing a video game over from the USSR. It's just It's a weird and wanky story. And isn't it just the story we need in this day and age? <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is Taryn
1: Edgerton is playing a uh, character, uh, uh, the, the real person, Hank Rogers. He was a designer, uh, and he was pivotal in getting Tetris into the United States. Previously, it was only in Russia. It was not meant to leave. So he was able to find his way into Russia uh, work with the creator Alexei Patinov, uh, to essentially get the rights into the United States and this just uh, the video is great definitely 80s all in it's goofy it's weird it's gonna be a blast and it's gonna be a 90 minute movie on Apple TV plus I'm all in on this I love it I just talked about the the what was it the um the pez bandit um what? A, a couple a couple weeks ago. Charlie, I talked about this. This is the guy that got Pez toys from Eastern Bloc countries that were making oh, yeah, Pez. yeah, 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 yeah. and, we, and the- we
0: watched it. Yeah, dude is ba- yeah. based right in Lansing, Michigan. D- yeah. DeWitt. Yeah.
1: Great, great kind of story similar to that same thing, you know, kind of going into Eastern Bloc countries – coming back in it's a great time i love this um with that, gold. Yes. yeah I, I hope this is great but i mean jen i mean is this of any interest at you uh, at all it's not really about video games it's more about a story with video games involved
2: i think i'd watch it yeah i mean i don't have apple tv plus but if i did it looks interesting i'm getting like queen's gambit kind of vibes off of it because of that like oh working with the Eastern European Russian and the like historical, I mean, they made it look like a spy thriller, which is not what I would expect for a movie about Tetris, but I don't know any of the history. So I, I think it looks interesting.
0: Yeah. The Tetris spy thriller. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, It's awesome. Well, to the tune of of the final countdown, like, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Yeah, and
1: you can get an, uh, like a three month pass for free yeah. on Apple TV Plus, so that's a good thing. It's and they they, they pop up again and, and and you know watch enough shows with your free pass and then yeah. come back to it when when you get another
0: free pass. Apple TV Plus has been such a weird one for me because we have a decent setup. We have that Roku soundbar. and the Apple TV Plus app always freezes and jams on us. Who so can never, and no other app does that. Huh. So I have no idea. I guess it's just cursed. So i I've, I've kind of gravitated away <laughs> from it, but I don't know. Maybe I'll gravitate gravitate back. That sound bar is kind of a pain in the ass anyway. So, um, so- sorry. I guess we're not getting that Roku sponsorship now. Sorry, Roku. <laughs> Enjoy that, Roku. Yeah. Yeah, uh, right. Exactly. Uh,
1: next story is an odd one. Um, so this is essentially telling us that there's going to be a live action How to Train Your Dragon film. And this is going to actually be by the guy who's been doing the animated film so at least you get the same hmm. creator throughout through and through which is good because typically you don't and it's like oh god this is a cash grab um and this is a big series from DreamWorks um it is based on a book series and if you have children of a certain age like my son right, this is one of our favorites. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's really well told. And I've always enjoyed this. And I think it's told a really beautiful story arc with families and things like that. Um, there's been other spinoffs and there's been video games and things like that. So it's a really valuable franchise. Uh, but now obviously then they say, what do you do next? You do a Disney, you go live oh. action with your properties and yeah, hope it works out. Sometimes it does. Sometimes it doesn't. Man, um, man. Yeah. Apparently, um, this is kind of interesting. Um, the guy Dean de Blois uh, is writing, directing this. Uh, and he apparently before Charlie, you'll love this. He was supposed to be working on a Micronauts project.
0: I just saw that in a Micronauts. Jen, if you're not aware, it was this weird property that it, Marvel, I don't know if they created it, but they just had their fingers in it in the early they 80s. They did
2: not create it. It was a different thing. If I'm remembering this correctly, um, they didn't create well, they, it, but they bought well, the property and that's they right. Split. They didn't
0: know the license. Yeah. 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 Yeah, just like you know, Marvel no longer has Rom Space Knight. They had Indiana mm-hmm. Jones back then, which was one of the first comics I ever read. And when they lose them, they uh, sometimes disappear altogether. Um, from the the digital world you know and if, if you happen to have a loose copy of it you find it in a 50 cent bin at a comic con good luck cuz that's it that's yeah. all you got
1: speaking of which when i was looking at number 15 issues for this episode there was a uh, doctor who number 15 from marvel comics and it's like Whoa, yep you're not right. finding that on any any app because it's yeah, just no so kidding. weird although disney and doctor who are teaming up again so maybe they'll renew those old comics and we'll oh, get gotcha. those as well but that's yeah right. that's a good point. um but but they are remaking the movies, which I think is a bad idea. I, I just really think if you're going to go this way, tell new stories. Because yeah, I
0: I absolutely, absolutely hated sitting through even a portion of that new Lion King. And, and maybe that's an unpopular opinion, but I ended up taking my son to see Aladdin. I, I, I it think was it's like a very thing.
2: popular opinion, actually, that the new Lion King was not nearly the same as right. the old one. It just – it. I mean, I, I like the Disney movies and I keep saying, you know, if it's the same story – how could it be bad? But I don't... But
0: why I is it necessary? Like it. You know, I mean, it, it just feels so unnecessary. Obviously, the big thought, well, we'll get it out in the theaters and people are very excited Because about money. It. Oh, that's right. Money, please. <laughs> just like pills, baby. Uh-
2: <laughs> I think the thing that is going to make this one different, though, is as you mentioned, it's going to be the same writer and director. And I think that when you have time elapse and you have people looking back on their work to say, what would I do differently if I was going to make this now? Then you're going to get those changes. You're going to get some positive, uh, reimaginings that is from that same voice, that same vision. You're not going to have someone come in and kind of hack it to pieces. Um, yeah. As long as it's not going to go through a whole committee of people, I think it's a good opportunity to retell the story, maybe in a new way, maybe in an expanded way, because, you know, your normal animated movie is usually 90 minutes. But if you can expand the story more and give us a little bit more about the characters, um, I mean, not that there was more that needed to be said, but uh, it's been a while since I've seen it, but I remember really enjoying it. I thought it was beautiful. Um, loved the story and you know, the music was just amazing too. I mean, that's, you know, that the music of the flight of that dragon was just, I, I liked that a lot. And I think if you keep a lot of the same creative team, it's just going to be a new way of looking at an old thing. So
1: It is weird because I looked and I tried to remember it. Um, and this was right in the wheelhouse. My son was five years old when this came out, perfect for his age. Uh, it's it's now 12 years old or no, 13, going to be 13 this year. So by the time this comes out, it might be 15 years old. So I was like, We're remaking things that are so new, right? It's like, Are you can you be nostalgic for something that hasn't even been out that long? I think of like a lot of Disney movies, yeah, they're you know, they came out in the the 90s and things like that, right? Um, Once again, these things. Still hold up. It's not like the early day of a computer animation where they kind of look janky or bad. Or yeah. Even Disney animation is still yeah. beautiful. It's timeless. So yeah, to your point, it's like unless the unless the creator said, "Yep, this is worthwhile," he might have just said, "Well, if you're going to do this anyways." Please give it to me because I right. know these characters and I know the story. So. And I'll know it and,
0: and do it and do it lovingly. So, so. yeah, I just uh, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, it like I said, it's kind of a struggle for me. But again, I don't have those nostalgia gaggle. The nostalgia gaggle? Oh, I just made a new word. I don't have mm-hmm. those kind of goggles for it. Um, where you know, again, thinking about Disney, uh, you know the. The Little Mermaid, thinking about you know the Lion King, where I was aware of them, but I was I didn't grow up in an uber Disney household. We were Star Wars, Star Trek, GI Joe, that kind, Marvel, that kind of stuff. Um, so you're right, you know, is is it forced nostalgia or is it really something that people are going to glom onto? If you love how how you know how do I train your dragon, whether you're young or you're old, and there's more of it, I'm sure you're going to be jazzed for it. So I just I I do understand kind of that much of a vibe for it, but you know I just yeah I just. Give us something new. Try to start a new franchise. I know. New ideas are scary. New is bad. Familiar is the cash cow. Money, please. <laughs> and, you know, speaking about
1: original ideas, um, next story is all about a reboot of <laughs> Star, he <laughs> and Hutch. So, whoa, 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 Jen,
0: whoa. whoa, whoa. Is, wait. Is it a reboot of the reboot, or is it a reboot of the original? I don't That's, know. I, um, we'll, we'll find, find out. out.
1: Yeah. But first of all, I want to just – I don't know where Jen, I don't know your your era of, you know, are you a nineties kid, eighties kid, two thousands <laughs> kid? Where 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 were you in regards to these things? I don't want to ask your age to be a gentleman.
2: Um I know nothing about Starsky and Hutch. Let's just Very put it that way. Okay. Right? Perfect. Perfect.
0: I, would, Perfect. I definitely I would I would land you as maybe being like an early aughts kid. Like that's when you were you were growing up. Early aughts, late nineties. Anyway, Thank you. but yes.
2: You, you bad. You're would per, not be very correct, but Thank you. You're very welcome. So um, I, 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 uh, I do think
1: you're younger than us. I, I just yeah. don't know how much younger.
0: That's
2: um a thing. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna say mostly '90s, mostly '90s, okay. a little bit of late '80s in there. But yeah, perfect. right. Yeah, absolutely the, the, perfect.
0: Yeah, yeah, the remake of this came out. This it was uh, uh, Owen Wilson and not Ben. Was it Owen Wilson? Ben, it was Ben, 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 ben Stiller. Ben Stiller. Yes. Was the, was was this? And again, I, I don't have. I have it up, but then I have a pop up that won't go away. Um, for for a Discover card, thanks, Discover. Um, <laughs> when did this? When did that movie come out? Was it late '90s, early early aughts? I think it was the so early. Aughts.
1: we'll we'll, we'll, take, we'll pull it peel back. So Starsky and Hutch. For those who don't know, it was a it's t, it was a TV cop show from 1975 to 1979. Oh uh, it was David Michael Starsky and David Soul was was David Soul. Uh, yeah. Sol, David Soul played Starsky, and Paul Michael Glazer played Hutch. Um, Two
0: household names died. that never
1: did—they never did anything else. I reverse <laughs> that, so sorry. David Soul was <laughs> and Starsky. <we> didn't know. <laughs> David Soul was Starsky, and um, uh, no, god damn, I got it this wrong. You're, again. Actually, you're it drowning. Just let, Just let it go. Paul yeah, Michael eject, Glazer eject. was Starsky, and David Soul was Hutch Hutchinson. So, got to love that name. Uh, they were just cops. You know, they had a bad commish. They had a cool car. They solved crimes in the 70s. Right. That's all it was. Good enough. I never watched it as a kid. It was out of my mm-hmm. wheelhouse. Um, it might have been on reruns or whatever. But then they decided, you know, back in the 2000s, hey, nostalgia sells. We're going to redo this as a comedy with Ben Stiller Owen right. Wilson in 2004. So, now it's been how many years by the time this happens? 20 years. 20 years. 20 years. 20 years. It came out and in 04, so yeah. So they're planning to reboot this on Fox uh, with two female leads. And it's going to be by the uh, writer of The Resident, which is a TV series. And it's going to follow Sasha Starsky and Nicole Hutchinson as they solve various crimes around Desert City and attempt to solve a 15-year-old case that sent their fathers to prison just like, so this is this is like the next generation TNG Star Trek or Star oh and Hutch Oh my gosh
0: is is Desert City supposed to be Vegas or are they making up a fictional place No clue. I don't know. exactly I, ever heard so, of Desert City Yes well I've heard of desert storm but that was not a city <laughs> Um what so is this to somehow infer that they're related in some fashion is this a continuation Yeah they're I'm fathers. Sure it's oh, their fathers okay. were not Yeah. They couldn't solve the crime oh, fifteen years oh, earlier. Oh, gotcha. So it's a requel. So yeah, a, a requel. There you go. Yeah. The requel. The requel. That was uh, that was yes, it wasn't the sequel, which was the. Uh, I'm thinking of R. Kelly, but we don't talk. Oh, about Oh, and R. Kelly. it sent them to jail oh. unjustly. So their fathers are actually in jail, and yeah, they're trying to solve the, the crime. Is it the same two guys, or are they dead? Um, and th- this this does th- this says what I was thinking. The gender swapped reboot is super common trope these days doesn't mean it's good doesn't mean it's bad um but the the tone of it sounds like it's definitely going to be very serious the series was serious the movie was was a spoof um so this is going to be serious because they'll be out there you know slugging it away um trying to get justice for their dads. so um canceled the first 10 episodes (laughs) wager (laughs) i don't know
1: foxes is done a lot of like odd things. And it seems to be very popular. I mean, they have like what 13 shows about firefighting, uh, like eight shows about Chicago. Something.
0: Yeah. Chicago. I I, it was fun. I always raz April. And she says, I don't watch those shows. I'm like, there's Chicago fire, Chicago police, Chicago, Chicago department of public works, uh, Chicago, <laughs> the trash, the trash people. It's just, you know, yeah. But somehow those are also on, or like my mom loving CBS. She like, that's where the Magnum PI and that's in its like third or fourth season. It's they're that it's was rebooted.
2: It. Hawaii Five O was rebooted. Still crushing um, it. You know
0: all the all the there's NCIS spinoffs. Seven seasons
2: of NCIS, like <laughs> in I ten think different
0: shows. Yeah,
2: <laughs> for something like this, there's an audience for it. I don't think that audience is me personally, uh, but someone out there is going to enjoy it, and we'll see what happens. Procedurals are hot. And they'll keep going as long as there's people watching them. Or it'll get canceled in the first ten episodes. You never know.
0: Hold it. Network TV is so weird to me because, again, uh, you know, I was I was raised on it in so much that I've said before. My mom sold local TV here in Grand Rapids, so f- and, and and on Fox. So Fox was always on in my house growing up. I'm very Fox oriented. But uh, we moved into this house, which is my childhood home, five years ago, and we didn't bring cable with us. We went to a streaming household, and I've never missed it. You can still find. You know Hulu will have Fox or CBS is on Paramount, but I don't watch any of the shows. April will still tune into some of those network procedurals, but everything I watch is is like I guess technically I watch like Colbert and that's on CBS, but I watch it on Paramount Plus. So I'm just I'm a terrible example of of the network world. I just I don't know how they do. Th- it's very foreign to me. I don't know how they do things anymore. What makes it popular? How do they – do they still do ratings in the traditional way? Oh, yeah. They still use Nielsen.
1: And Nielsen takes in streaming accordingly too and how many people watch things in the first day, how many stream them next day. It's very common. And, you know, we still have these services like YouTube TV – Hulu live, which is essentially still giving people that same cable, like experience. It's just streaming. So people are still getting the stuff. It's just, how do they get it? I get my network stuff typically through my over the air antenna, which I get, which I get streamed through all my Roku boxes, which is cool. Um, but yeah, um, it's there, but yeah, if you want to have a joke, go to fox look at their website and all the tv shows they've got um essentially there's two 911 shows and this is not rescue 911 it's like 911 and then like Lone Star 911 with Rob Lowe <laughs> that's not even a joke folks it's there <laughs> i got to see out. it i got to check see, it know, out
0: yeah i just love it that these guys are you know that you know what it's a job for these actors they work very hard and i don't want to put them down but I get it, but I don't get it. <laughs> yeah. And did you know
1: that uh, Susan Sarandon is now on a show called Monarch with Trace Adkins, the country singer, about a country dynasty? And it's on Fox. So there you go. The Lone Star of country music. You see, Todd, and you want, you want to put down Yellowstone, but it's just a different variety of it. <laughs> Charlie, I wouldn't be surprised if this is actually a Yellowstone spinoff. I don't is it, know. Is it- and, and written by Tyler Sheridan
0: because he probably,
1: writes oh yeah. well, yeah. you know what, there's something for everybody, but you know right. what, we'll see if the Starsky and Hutch uh series comes out and if people love it. Oh, my there you God. go.
0: Well, oh man, oh man. Well, that's the end of the news, y'all. Um, what a, what a wild and exciting journey it's been. But I've got to get out uh, my phone, got to get uh, open the Fuber, the feeble Uber app. It's time to get uh, a ride down to Scugtown, Nastyville, the geek easy awaits. Where we're going to be talking about a certain geezer in space. Let's mm-hmm. go. Talk nerdy to me. Talk nerdy to me.
1: We're sitting in the geeky z cover bands playing. Drinks are poured and we are getting our nerd on. So, Jen,
2: what are you yes. nerding out about? Um, Picard season three just started. Woo-hoo! First episode. <laughs> Uh, I am excited about it. I remain excited about it. I think uh, some cool stuff going on. I know that, uh, that you guys have watched that too.
0: <laughs> that was that was a big challenge to, and we. I just got off talking about this with with Kay and Missy and Peter over on mm-hmm. Code Forty Seven, and and Jen. I think we probably even touched upon this in some fashion when we were doing um, talking about the JJ movies. Is that we were all terrified. That after season two of Picard, which I don't know, you know, I I take that back. Where did you end up landing with season two of Picard?
2: Um, not my favorite. (laughs) No, no, I I like how it started. It was a strong start and then it just kind of went and then it ended and it's like,
0: yeah, it was, it was nine episodes. It was a great, oh, my God, what a great start. Q's back. Oh, my God, it's going to be so yeah. great. And and then you got your you get your big bowl of wet pasta, and you got a big <laughs> spatula, and you're it. like, WEP! WEP! No, yeah. no. Borg, WEP! Uh, no. How about uh, Garnon? WEP! Oh, that's not sticking either. Um, it was
2: a lot of good ideas, but they don't work A lot of good together. ideas. And right, it's exactly. like, why are we in this alternate reality this whole time? Are we? What? Yeah.
0: basically it was a peanut butter and tuna fish sandwich and they called it star trek (laughs) just things that don't go and i hate tuna but i mean think of any two things that no way in hell you would have them at the same time Mm, hot dog bun plus uh uh, uh, uncooked trout yummy (laughs) <laughs> so so to so moving on from
1: horrible food discussions Please. um <laughs> so picard season three uh we we only got one episode um and it's funny because i posted a link in our on the uh, it was i think it was in the spoiler chat for this charlie yeah. of all of the easter eggs and i'm the person that's wow. wasted on because i don't know half of those things or so, i don't remember them yeah and so, massive, so yeah. jen i don't know if you noticed like there was a lot of little things even at the beginning of this episode, which was like, right. it feels like this is like nostalgia coming back, Easter eggs. This is really fulfilling, like what a lot of people wanted this to be, which was
0: okay. TNG, the sequel. Yeah. Right. And the rightful sequel, because I mean, uh, and again, you know, Nemesis, everybody watched Nemesis. I've never met anybody who loved it, really, as a Star Trek mm, film. No. Yeah. Jen, you might be the exception, but I doubt it. But no, that was supposed I, to be. No. The- I,
2: it was I did to be not, the I did not enjoy Nemesis. I,
0: I wouldn't. I wouldn't have thought. But it was supposed no. to be the big standoff and it was the big kiss off. This we've known about getting the entire cast back together. Even Brent Spiner playing Lore, which we didn't know till recently, which is David Data's evil brother. Previously thought to be, have been disassembled and killed, but we know that his. Part still existed. Now we've seen from trailers and stuff that he's back. They're bringing back the holographic character of Moriarty, which was a a part of TNG and and the whole cast. Uh, You know, Riker is going to be in the whole thing. The other characters are going to kind of come and go. But this was great. The whole story is really centered around Beverly, which every you know Doctor Crusher, which everybody's super thrilled about because after the series, everybody was very aware of the fact that through the four TNG movies, she was just she was just a set dressing. She had no great juicy storyline she didn't have any good anything to do at all and she kind of she's there. Driving, yeah she's just i'm here and she's driving the bus this time um so yeah we wrapped up this first episode it was it was very exciting because it starts with her she's she's running this broken down old ship and, and as todd said it was easter egg city because the whole intro shot was panning along what was obviously the compartment she slept in but she had you know uh, an award she got at one point she had a, a uh a, like a case that belonged to her late husband that came mm-hmm. from TNG glass of sorry and brandy the blue stuff which I didn't pick up on that right away and what was cool we talked to us on code 47 she was listening to one of Picard's old logs but it was from the best of both worlds the Borg yeah. episode kind of making us think that well this whole series has kind of been a bit about the Borg so what kind of return might we see could this have something to do with, you know, and then lore was a huge part of Borg stuff. So is it going to be a, a great bit of that? But I don't, we're killing Todd here. So Todd, <laughs> No, child, I'm just thinking. Like, I asked Jen and
1: it's like, uh, all I got were you. <laughs> so I was waiting for Jen to give me more elaboration just to, to give her time. Cause she's the guest.
2: Oh, thank you. Um, <laughs> I, I enjoyed it. I love how it started off um, not necessarily so much the Easter eggs because the thing is the Easter eggs are not a story. The Easter eggs sure. are there for the fans to go, oh hey look it's that thing that we recognize but when the whole story is, hey look it's the thing you recognize that's not much of a story. That's a series like of solo. Right. Yeah. Um, but with this it's like, wow we start off with like action Beverly which is awesome I'm getting like alien vibes from this with her just kind of kicking ass and taking names. But like, um, the fact that she did not have much to do, even in the first season of TNG and that being one of her main complaints and why she was sort of dismissed from the show. I mean, only to return in season three, but like, this is like, this is how it could have been all along is to give her something needy to do. Um, as an actor, as a character, and to explore kind of, well, why is she out there? What is she doing? You know, it's a it's a small mystery box. And it's one that I think that is answered kind of even within the same episode a little bit. Because, you know, uh, Picard and Riker come and they come to see the ship I, and, and where she's at. They they follow through on that distress signal that they get um, by means of, you know, kind of sneaking their way onto another ship, which uh, <laughs> was also very interesting. Um mm-hmm. I, I love Seven. I love seeing her. I thought it was, um, the the other captain on that ship is. I mean, he <sighs> was kind of a jerk. Like
0: Captain Captain Dickbutt. That's what I, I it named I, him. I, I so, so rude.
2: And you will find that everything is done, and, and like you're thinking, like, oh yeah, Seven of Nine, all about the efficiency and this and that. But like, she's grown so much from when she was on Voyager that mm-hmm. you know she's mm-hmm. like. And he prefers me to be Annika Hansen, and you can tell how much that's just tearing her up yeah. inside because that's not who she is at totally.
0: all. No, not at so all. So when you see
2: Picard coming in and being like seven and like calling her by her name that she chose, that is her identity, mm-hmm. that's like, yeah, you know that they're friends.
0: Right. And I, no d- I
2: like that I like that a lot. Um yeah. because that's the thing about Picard. And I mean, the thing about Star Trek on the whole is about seeing other people and understanding them and seeing who they are, where they are, um, recognizing and understanding their customs and their choices for themselves is a big part of, I mean, the Prime Directive, of course, but, you know, the show as a whole. It's one of those things that taught me growing up about seeing the humanity in other people. I use the term you know, humanity, alienated personhood in mm-hmm, other people, mm-hmm. really. Um, and this is carrying through with that and highlighting that throughout this. We're going to see kind of how that goes and how this is not, not just going to be space explosions. You know, it is probably just for the trailer, but but there will be some, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. You gotta have some. <laughs> yeah, you gotta have some. Gotta have some. Yeah. Like I said, I love seeing Beverly with the phaser rifle. All right. You know, action Beverly. Um, right. And, and the characters are themselves. Like, yeah, that's Picard and Riker. Um, right. Cause one of the other things I've been doing, I don't have a lot of brain space for a lot of new stuff. So I've actually been rewatching TNG and I'm on my, you know, season six and season seven right now of my rewatch. Nice. So it is really interesting to see like, Oh yeah, this stuff is carrying through because it's mm-hmm. fresh because I'm rewatching it. Not necessarily because of Picard being on just because when I don't have brain right. space, what do I do? I watch star Trek. That's, just it's comfortable as, for me.
0: as as do many of us. Yeah, I yeah. I've been I've been uh, trickling a little TNG as well, but kind of bits and pieces here and there. But okay, opinion question: How quickly will Captain Dick Butt be sidelined? Because he he's teeing himself up to be out of the way. Because <laughs> you know that our characters are going to basically be in command of the Titan, the ship that they're on. So yeah, yeah how quickly I mean, the, is he going to go bye bye? See in
2: the intro, you know, all the yeah. new Star Trek shows have a ship in the intro, and that's the one in this one. So I'm like. I think he's gonna. Something's Adios. gonna happen. I I don't think he's gonna be sticking around. Whether it's him leaving voluntarily or getting right. shoved out in airlock or the yeah, bad guys on oh. the bad ship kind of getting him. Uh-oh. I don't know.
0: He's gonna trip and bonk his head and oh I, I was asleep for nine episodes. What's going on? <laughs> now? Yeah. So okay. Um, now, now I'm definitely gonna throw it back to Todd because he he's he's chewing on his chewing on his cheek. Todd, speak to <laughs> No, no, I just think it's funny you guys are like,
1: well, yeah, he should have just gone with it because, you know, that's a good idea. I'm like, no, it's a horrible idea. He should have not gone with it. I'm sounds like, you guys are like, yeah, he's a horror jerk. I'm like, no, these are ridiculous people showing up. Oh, let's change your corsetship. So I'm, I'm just like, yes, I get it in reality, but in reality, no one would agree to go along with it. So that's, I that's totally true. get it.
0: That's that is true. The just thought, you know, and again, that dude did make the right decision. I just thought he was he was. Super no, he's great. a great actor. Todd Stashwick
1: he, is great. So yeah. he plays oh. a jerk. And that's exactly yeah. what you want. Yeah. It's like the, it's like the, it's like the, um, the the superintendent of schools or something like, oh, I'll <laughs> the, get those kids the, in their uh, antics. He is he's super Nintendo Chalmers. Exactly. <laughs> but um, I but I, I, I really I, I think what I really liked about Picard is they set up something cool. But what I've hated is the fact that they just meander and things Mm-mm. don't come to fruition. And it doesn't pay off. And it's like, why did you spend so much time doing that when it had no bearing on And it just right. really felt like you're just, we don't have a, we don't have nine great episodes. So we're going to fill it out with junk. And I'm like, well, why did you have to make it nine episodes? Because the network said so. So I'm hoping yeah. they've got really great, you know, pacing, they introduce a villain that really makes sense. Um, we didn't really get a feeling yet who that is, except a badass ship coming through. And I'm like, right. I loved their uh, special weapon, which I said that's a cool, effective, neat weapon of using gravity and portals. And Charlie's like, Todd, you didn't remember this app? I'm like, no, because I've only seen these things like once, and I saw it maybe twenty years ago. So I don't care. I thought it was cool. <laughs> I don't. I no, I don't think didn't that, you? That's a, no, you? Like no. you said twock. No. You said
0: something twock. I'm like okay. Not, um, not, not related to the gravity weapon. That That's oh, that's okay. the thing. The thing is, yeah, the other plot line was Rafi, who's another character on the show, who works for Starfleet Intelligence. She's yeah. undercover. And then there's this terrorist attack. And yeah, uh, basically a, a circular building collapses into a hole. And then in the distance it on the planet, it just drops. drops yeah, that's. Top. That's that's new near as I oh, can. Oh, okay. Tell. Yeah. I thought I missed yeah. something because I'm like, you said no, something about Slock some, and I'm like, I didn't did I miss were, something? Or? Yeah. There were a lot of homages, including the um the title sequence in the 25th century. Oh, got it. So Twan. that's what you're referring to, all the Easter eggs. Yeah, got it. And got then it. yeah, the yeah. fact that we get we find out that Beverly has a son who has a British accent and she's not talked to anybody in 20 years. Wonder where this might be going. So it was like that's what happened in the Wrath of Khan. Kirk met his adult son, who yeah. he didn't not know about, but he had not been a part of that 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 man's that child. The guy Edson's with the uh, the white man's Afro, yes. yeah, yeah. The late late actor Merritt Merritt Butrick, who you know he was in Star <laughs> Trek Two, and he died in Star Trek Three. So yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: So I'm I'm hoping that this is a different series where they nail the pacing. They have they get you they, they don't realize like, "Oh, we have one more episode to finish this up and we've left 18 dangling plot flat threads." So let's do it really hastily and just say, "Here you go, and splotch." And here's and it, Yeah. And it's the end of the series. So <laughs> And boom. here's Wesley Crusher who we haven't seen in 20 million
0: years. And oh, by he the was way, in, do you want to join in, us? They, yeah, they yeah, they stuck him in the Yeah, like you said in the end of season 2. And it's interesting because I watched the Ready Room, which is the after show to Picard, and mm-hmm. it's hosted by Will Wheaton, and he had Gates and Sir Patrick on, and he, he was a, he, my space mom's on, and now I found out I have a half-brother, and that, I thought that was kind of cute.
1: Very cute. Yeah, so yeah. I, I'm really excited to see where this goes. My only question is, we know who we're most likely getting, Um, but one character that I feel like um has crossed over because he did like Worf did with DS9 was Chief O'Brien.
0: Do you think Chief O'Brien will show up unless he was killed and he can't? There has been zero mention of that. Um, There has been a lot of back and forth about Denise Crosby, uh, who is Tasha Yar. She was also the Romulan Sela. Uh, and somebody who I interviewed on the radio a few years ago, back when I worked in the industry, very nice woman. She's going to be, I think, she's either going to be on the cruise, the Star Trek cruise that April and I are going on next week, or she's going to be at Vegas, which we're also going to. Um, so we will know by the time at least we get to Vegas if she's in this or not. But it's been a lot of these coid, like she comes on and say, no, I'm not in it, but it could be an NDA. Maybe she's not so... I feel like there's some more surprises, but I would love, and I had this interaction, I think, on the Discord for the Grant Potosky, our fan club chapter. That if they brought back, because they're both still alive and they're still active, um, Colomini, who's Chief O'Brien, and Alexander Siddig, who's Dr. Bashir, get them together to have a buddy, whatever. You know, if there's going to be other stuff said in the 25th century this time period after the show ends. Just keep resurrecting some characters. They're all still around. A lot, most of them are still around. Yeah. Cool meetings, has yeah.
1: been in some really, he's had some really cool dramatic roles yeah, he, uh, last couple act, of years. So
0: he would be but perfect. Like, yeah. Yeah. Nana Visitor, who's Major Kira, or, um, you know, the, the actress who plays as Dax, they, they could find a way to bring him back. So it'd be cool. Yeah. So I will, or the Voyager actors, because, or returning, Kate Mulgrew coming back to live action has been bandied about. Most people, except for Todd, love Voyager and would love to see it come back. So,
2: I mean, <laughs> Prodigy is basically a spiritual successor to Voyager. Yeah. Uh, we've had and, the one DS nine yeah. episode of Lower Decks, and I—I I mean, <laughs> right. DS nine is you know I'm, really all that nineties Trek is just like in my veins, practically. I, me too. So I live and breathe it every day. I, yeah, I yeah, all that nostalgia
1: great. is in those shows because yeah. there hasn't been yeah. a live action show that's kind of been, except for Picard, that's been you know essentially standard timelines. The the, just, the yeah. most recent shows have all mm-hmm. been like you know Discovery, Far Future and mm-hmm. strange worlds right. far past. And, right. and maybe, you know, we'll see right, something right. else. Maybe, maybe like to your point, maybe this will lead us to another series another, set another in another that era. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's a bit, great. Yeah. Like,
0: That's what they're dancing around. Is yeah, exactly that. That this is you know this is not the end for the 25th century. So, oh, all right. Well, for the sake of time, we should we should jump in on Ford. I will talk very briefly about a movie we watched last night, and maybe you guys have heard about this one because it's on Netflix. But Kenya Barris, who makes the blackish and groanish, I think was the sequel, groanish and Mm mixedish, mixedish, yeah. Was that the one where I, – I, I know there was a third one where it was – It was main. about the mom and her, her, her childhood growing yeah, up yeah. as kind of I've a, a, a child of, of mixed race. And it had yeah. uh, uh, Zach from Saved by the Bell the dad oh yeah there you go um well this was a this this is while this is not connected to that it certainly felt like a spiritual cousin but this was uh, it's been out for several weeks now this is uh eddie murphy's return to something where i thought he was great uh so he and it's actually nia long is his wife they have a daughter uh and then it's uh actually uh it's a Julia Louis Dreyfus and David Duchovny are, uh, you know, Jewish parents. Their son is Jonah Hill. Uh, the, uh, the daughter, uh, on the other side of, is an actress I'm not familiar with, but Jonah Hill and this, this black girl fall in love. And then it's the, it's the, you know, guess who's coming to dinner, you know, and they have a great, a great slash horrible dinner scene, uh, where it's, it's a total culture clash between the black culture and the Jewish culture played for laughs. Uh, but then, you know, the, the struggle of, um, of, You know, families and culture clashing and stuff like that. Like I said, Eddie Murphy, certainly a mixed bag in the last 30-something years of anything that he's done. The guy can't get a hit. He can't be in anything good. Uh, We, You know, I've always loved him. Um, He was great in this. This is really fun. And, again, it's very accessible because it's on Netflix. So I'd recommend it. I'd recommend and it's funny, Jonah Hill uh, quits his career in finance to become a podcaster. There we go, Todd <laughs> that's our destiny. What worst <laughs> idea ever. It, it really is. But of course, because it's a movie, he's successful. Is he selling all those Manscaped ads? <laughs> I'm actually wearing my Manscaped t shirt. I don't know if you can Very see good. That, yeah. 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 Got, yes. We've got our stuff from Manscaped. Thank you, Manscaped, for yeah. Um, you love for it. Your support. Oh, wait. Great. Well, yeah, we're we're we they didn't pick us up as a sponsor, so we should stop talking about them. Oh, well. But anyway, yeah, um, I'd recommend it. As I said, it's on Netflix. Yeah, it's got good, good reviews.
1: I've heard they dig dig a little deeper versus just the surface levels of just like, you know. Zaniness, it's not yeah. all uh, happily ever after once you're an interracial couple married. I am right. part of an interracial couple. And there are cultural things that after a while, you still find things like, what? So it's very. Yeah. It's Jen, it is Jen it is.
0: Todd is actually married to Kenya Barris. I didn't know if you knew that. yes. Yes. <laughs> He gets all that blackish money. Way exactly. To go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You
1: know, um, I am craved uh, by by many people. They all want to be with me, um, but I have to let them down and say sorry. Kenya's got my heart. Um, oh That's well. A tough one. That's a tough
2: one. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Get that it. went
1: someplace. Oh well. I'll sure take did. you to a different place, which is a little bit what more family friendly, and that is Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. Yes. uh Just I'll dropped. Um, this is actually a Disney show that is also on Disney plus. So it's a little different. It's kind of like weird. Disney does these weird things where, um, they still have Disney channel shows that they dump onto Disney plus. Some are made Mm -hmm. for Disney plus and vice versa. So, um, this show is cute, but it is not like a cutting edge TV show. This feels like, um, If you remember those shows like Danny Phantom uh, shows like um, was another one that was like Jake Long, uh, American Dragon. Um, This is like that type of show. It's fun villain of the week. It's cute. It's got good music in regards to like, it's got a catchy tune that plays with the show. Um, The animation style I feel is very fresh. So it's not dumbed down kids stuff, but I think this is definitely for a, uh, probably eight to nine year old kid because the, the main, the main star is a 13 year old girl. Um, Linella is her name. And she's essentially a super intelligent girl. Her parents own a, a, a roller rink in ear, East, ear, um East, Lower side, New York city, Lower, uh, lower, east, side. lower, east, side. lower east side. Yeah. yeah so <clears> sure. Um, and then um, she's super smart. She's 13 years old, like I said. And as you know, with content, the characters age, typically kids that watch it are far younger because they want to be older. That's their thing. Right. Uh, I don't think you're seeing a lot of 13-year-old kids watch this show because they are in too much older things. So it's just one of those right. things. Um, it's cute, but it's all about her. She's trying to solve the mystery of like, hey, uh, someone's sucking the power out of our city. So they're closing down all these city uh, city uh, um Shops and things. She's trying to solve the mystery. She's got her own layer like Dexter from Dexter's uh, laboratory where she goes down. (laughs) It's in the subway. She's an inventor. So she ends up creating a portal that brings in devil dinosaur. Um, And devil dinosaur is a big red dinosaur and he's cute, but he's also ferocious, but they become fast friends and he lives in the subway and she decides to become a superhero teaming up with devil dinosaur to take on the villain that's sucking out the, you like this, Charlie, sucking out the power. Her name is Aftershock, but her last name is essentially, she's like a, related to Electro. So was it Max? Max Dillon. Exactly. So her last name is Dylan as well. She's like, so I like that little Easter egg um, yeah. that's tied there. And it's really about that's the first episode. It's forty minutes long. It's it's essentially her becoming a superhero, doing the montage for training, doubting herself, not wanting to do it, and covering all the bases. And you and you know where this is going. There's going to be twenty-two minute episodes going forward where she's right. going to take on another villain of the week. There's one I think I've seen where she's using her she you know she's using her roller skate skills and getting around and using her gadgets. So it's like over it. cute. That's awesome. if, if like, that It's uber cute.
2: Sounds delightful. Big um, time. I'm vaguely familiar with the characters just because right. it's Marvel stuff. I'm I'm aware of things, but um, I did not know that the show had actually dropped yet. So yeah, that it definitely me sounds. Too. And I watch kids shows all the time. Yeah, I mean, sure. I just who cares? Whatever. You know, I like things that bring me terrible. joy, and sometimes that's kids shows. So right. yeah, I'm gonna have to check that out too. That sounds. That's, yeah. that's fun. Weird. I. I I know the
0: I know the Devil Dinosaur character because it showed up in the one of the, the Lego Marvel Avengers. It was one of the remember, Todd. I know you loved like oh you know the, how they, they were trying to stretch it for content, so they're like yeah. now one of the hubs is the Barton Farm. And I remember being on the Barton Farm and bringing up Devil Dinosaur and having him stomp around and stomp on the 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 villainous Lego like the henchmen and stuff. So that's what I remember because yeah, as the Lego move after they did Lego Jurassic park you know, they had a dinosaur skin that they could drop into other stuff, so that that's obviously <laughs> yeah. why, why they ended up doing that, so yeah.
1: yeah. It, it's it's super cute, It's I don't think it's tied at all to the MCU, so you don't have to worry <laughs> about like having to no. catch up, which is perfect I think they need shows like this that are just fun, introduce new right. characters, have a good time have stuff for kids, where they can just jump into it and enjoy it, it's uh, like I said right. primarily female cast, it's uh, mm-hmm. African American family, her best friend right. who's like into social media who kind of makes her a star is Hispanic, Latina, uh, so very cute. Uh it's there. I think there's six episodes. So if you just want something just dumb fun to, to enjoy, it's cute. And ah, share with kids. And share with us, kids.
0: Your SFU <laughs> drinking game is when Tad says dumb fun. Glug, glug, glug.
1: <laughs> it's, maybe it's wrong. It's not dumb fun. It's cute and it's just what a cartoon, like a Saturday yeah. morning cartoon, should be with which no, is just a little bit smarter than it probably needs to be, which is good. Right.
2: Which I like for kids shows, you know, I like the kids shows that show the kids being intelligent and and working out some of their own issues, which it sounds like this probably does.
1: And as a parent, you can watch it with your kids and not tear out your hair because this is not so mind numbing, mind numbingly dumb.
0: (laughs) That is mind numbingly dumbingly. Well, speaking (laughs) of, I I don't want to, I don't want to color it, Um, but that is, that's the end of the Geek Easy Todd time to get out that Air Qantas app. We are headed for the land down under for the Thunderdome, for Tina and for the mutants to talk about Quantumania. Let's go.
2: Welcome to another edition of Thunderdome.
1: Thank you, Tina. We're sitting in the Thunderdome where the mutants have been gathered for a topic or a game to be entertained. And this week we are doing our spoiler filled discussion of Ant-Man and the Wasp. Quantum Mania. Uh, this movie came out on February 17th. Peyton Reed is the director. Uh, and the byline is, Ant-Man and the Wasp find themselves exploring the quantum realm, interacting with strange new creatures, and embarking on an adventure that pushes them beyond the limits of what they thought was possible. This is the third Ant-Man film. Yes, folks, we got three Ant-Man films. And you know what? That may not mean a lot to a lot of people. The fact that Ant-Man even got a TV series or anything is a meaning. So take that... and pin it because the uh, fact that we still got a third Ant-Man film just blows my mind because what, he was because, a yeah.
0: D-tier hero at best. And, even though and he was one an of Avenger. The, one of the original Avengers, because remember the original Avenger Squad was Iron Man, Thor, the Hulk for two seconds, and then Ant-Man and the Wasp. That was, those were your original mm-hmm. 1963 Avengers. And people, people tend to forget about that stuff. They tend to forget that the Hulk was there for two issues and he was gone and, and didn't come back until the 80s. You know, yet because of the MCU, people are like, "Oh yeah, the it's you know they they rattle off the cast of the first Avengers movies like those those are the core Avengers characters and even Captain America wasn't an Avenger to start with he came in and he was found in the ice in issue four so mm-hmm. yeah it, but again this isn't this isn't. It is and it isn't that Ant Man because Ant Man was Henry Pym uh, or Pym, depending. And then Scott Pim Lang particles, Charlie. They kind of say Pim. it in the name. <laughs> Pim, 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 Pim. and then Scott Lang was new Ant Man, but that wasn't until the 1970s. So this was yeah. yeah. And then Paul Rudd is obviously the Scott Lang character that we've had all the long while uh, in these films. That is.
1: Yeah. And, and, and I took my family to the movie. They rarely go to movies together because they're just not moviegoers. So I typically go and I'll ask them, do you want to go just to be nice? And they decided, yes, we'll go to this one. So I tried to figure out like, well, which movie MCU movies have you watched recently? So you'll actually not be lost. So the only thing we had to really keep them up on was Loki. So we watched uh, a recap of Loki. And mm-hmm. which was good just to get them. It was like mm-hmm. a six minute recap. Perfect for everybody. All in. Man, that's and, too long. <laughs> exactly. But it was <laughs> enough to keep them up to speed of like, who is kind of, who is Kang. And that was right. really, that's the, I see the big thing you need to know about this movie of kind of who Kang is because um he was introduced in Loki and now he is the big bad. And the sad part is with Marvel it's good and bad. Is they've already announced the name of like the big uh, movie coming out in a couple of uh, you know years, which is the Kang Dynasty. So right. it's no surprise we're getting who Kang is, and this movie yep. is really about him. And I would say this movie is also a lot about Janet, um, yeah, uh, Van Dyne, and it's mm-hmm. really her movie. And that is unique. And I think a lot of people failed to miss that, that she essentially got nothing in the first movie, the second movie. And then this is kind of her story and
0: kind of mm-hmm. these,
1: everyone else is along for the ride. Um, they, this.
0: Todd, they didn't fail to miss it. They either failed or they missed it. <laughs> exactly. They didn't, they just didn't
1: put her in the script right. largely. So that's kind of where we land. Um, it's essentially just a, it's Ant-Man kind of trying to figure out where, where he lives in the world now. Uh, Cassie's a teenager The fa- it's kind of like a family unit which is very nice and hijinks ensue I don't know if we have to go in- more into the plot than that and mm-hmm. um, I will say this I and mean, we already said spoilers essentially the family is intact and this movie actually had a, a happy ending for what we saw um, or did it? Scott didn't know at the end that's for sure <laughs> Yeah, exactly and we did and d- by the way there are two um, uh, mid-credits, so one mid-credit, end, one end-credit. Mid end I'm um, yeah. starting to feel that the end-credit thing needs to end. I feel like it doesn't matter anymore. I feel like it's just, we gotta do it, so there's very little effort put into it these days. I thought um, a lot of times they should just be in the movie, um, and they shouldn't. I mean, maybe the first one, maybe you can't do that, um, but the second one with Loki I felt like was just filler because we
0: are getting a Loki series, but that's where I, well, I stand with that. And- well, and that's probably, th- that to me seemed like it was just an ex a- an excerpt from an episode. It, it feels like really an funny. advertising. It feels like an advertising. Yeah. By the way, watch Loki. <laughs> well, <it laughs> By the way, yeah, it was too hard that's, to figure out. Yeah, that's, the the that's exactly point what it is. of the end credits they've,
2: they've yeah. always been that. They've always been, yeah. and yeah. guess what's coming next? Like, oh gosh, yeah. Storm's Hammer in the middle of the desert.
0: Yeah, exactly. It is very, supposed very to be true. a
2: way to tie everything together. And there yeah. were some scenes from older movies where it really was an excerpt from the upcoming movie. Like you had... Um, you know, Thor talking to Dr. Strange. That was an advertisement for Ragnarok. So it it is intentionally designed to be an advertisement. I don't think that's positive or negative. It's just a neutral. It's just, that's what it is. Um, It's it's
0: their shtick. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So it's, and here's what's coming next. Yes. We know Loki is coming next. We know that this is tied to Loki. This is, I believe the first time that they have advertised or tied in quite so strongly one of the TV shows, Mm. on the thing because like even with multiverse of madness um obviously it helped if you would watch wandavision but it didn't it wasn't really crucial to the plot in that way right same Um, thing with the what if yeah yeah i mean this was like you really if you had not seen loki you could probably still follow along with this but it's like saying you got to watch Loki season two to find out where, you know, what's going on with Kang coming up right. and um, kind of where this whole thing is going from here.
1: Yeah. I mean, and I totally get why they did that. Cause it was yeah. new to people and they didn't know that these things were actually linked. And by doing that, it's was like, yep, these things are linked. Now mm-hmm. we're like 15 years later. Um, and i still see people leave the movie before they start so right. even with that i feel like are i don't you, even are yet. you new
0: here yeah and right I,
1: I think the people that are into it are staying around and i don't think those are the people that need to know that cuz they're the ones that are to so i'm like in a lot of ways i think the ad credit thing i think they either need to rethink it or get clever or make them unique i think the worst one was um black panther wakanda forever because the scene while important should have been in the movie because it wasn't like years later or something else. It wasn't like here's tied to something else. It was just telling more of the story. And I felt like it just as people who might not have stuck around, missed that part too. And like, so maybe they just have to be more caring about how they use it. And this one, the first one I think is okay. um, Mm -hmm. Because it did tell you kind of like, this is a bigger deal. Kind of like the Thanos I'll Mm -hmm. do it myself type of thing. Right. That clued people in of like, Hey, there's a lot more Kangs. And by the way, yeah. Here they are. Although I'll say Jonathan Major's voice when he did like the old man voice was horrible. I like Jonathan Majors, but that
0: uh, horrible voice, was, don't do it. It's as, Christian yeah. Bale's voice, Batman. <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, because we had, that I, I did enjoy. And, and again, I'll go on to talk about it. I was not super thrilled with this film. But I did enjoy the fact that they gave us a little comic taste of classic Kang, Immortus, and Ramu Tut, which are the three main diversions of Kang Throughout mm-hmm. everything. Um, it's a third, Charlie, because we had, had Ramatat and, and Mortis. No, we had Ramatat and
2: Mortis. Was who were the three years. there,
0: though? Oh, right, right, yeah. right. You know what? I did not get to the bottom of that. Yeah. I, I, do, I, I don't I don't know who know. it was. I'll have to look up like a spoiler to see
2: There's who that was. Because speculation that that may have been a form of Iron Lad.
0: Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. you're right. Which you're right. Another... We we did talk about that. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. Um, yeah, you're right. Because you know what I said in the theater? To the point with with the, uh, the Stingers, Todd, unfortunately, I, I don't see it changing because I think Marvel's very established and it's very sticky for them. But um, most people, I, I always get my phone out and I Google it and I see um, if there's something coming up. Yep. But I'm not really planning to get up and walk out because, again, it's not my first rodeo. I've been going to these Marvel films since 2008. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's... I think maybe without exception, there's always been a stinger of some kind. There's I think, been a few that have not had it. Oh, okay. I think, I fig- yeah, I figure, or maybe not more than one, but yeah, exactly. Or like guardians that because it's very jokey, they'll stick in like five. five of them, <laughs> five to the oh end God. of Birds Like,
1: what was that yeah. one? With, what was it the one with Thor where it was just the beast? Like, they were just playing catch? <laughs> Yeah, that was yeah. one of them. I'm like, okay, yeah. that like, is stretching. It. It's
2: just a joke. It's a gag. Sometimes yeah. it's an right. advertisement. Sometimes it is something that's essential to the story. Right. And I find right. that the ones that are more essential are going to be that mid-credit scene. It's not always going to yeah. be the one that like has you wait until the very end. So exactly. you know, where you're like, they, I got a pity, probably, let's like, go. You know, yeah. and I, I don't think like they're effective when be. they're just
1: a clip from mm-hmm. the TV series because it just feels like. Yeah, it, like the Loki when I felt it was dropped. But I, I do want to say I did look it up. The third event, third Kang
0: was the Scarlet Centurion. I'm aware of the Silver Centurion, which was Iron Man's armor from the 80s, which was, was on that cover this this episode. But no, I don't I don't know who that is at all. You got yep. me there. Yep. He's a oh. kinda, he's
1: definitely a late 60s, early 70s creation. Not great. Gotcha. Not a
0: great look. <laughs> oh my goodness. All right. Well, let's get it. Let's get into the meat of it because we've not talked about how we actually, and Todd, you and I have already crossed swords about this. So I want to hear what Jen thinks about this film first.
2: I enjoyed it. I I had a lot of fun. I can see how some critics might think that this was very mid for a, a movie. Um, but as someone who, like I said about with the MCU, I, I live here, you know, this is, I'm always going to look forward to these movies. I'm going to enjoy most of them. Um, Most of them, (laughs) Uh, not all of them, but this one, I, this one I liked. I mean, it's characters that I already know and like, Um, I'm a big fan of the young Avengers. So seeing Cassie really be, whether it's stature or stinger, I don't know which name they're going to go with for her, but to see her be her superhero self um, and come into her own, And the thing is, Cassie has always been um, Scott Lang's motivation throughout all three of these movies and throughout his appearance, even in Civil War. It was like he was doing this for Cassie. So to see her have her motivations and her motivations being she's here to help people and to be a hero because it's the right thing to do and to tie his motivation back to that through the end of the movie, it gives him a good, strong character arc that takes him through first second and third movies um so you know that's the ant man of the movie and that you know it is janet's movie yes it is everyone's movie it is a whole family movie um everyone gets something to do even hank and his aunts get something to do (laughs) you know uh it's what is it chekhov's ant farm you know coming in (laughs) to actually get to the end of the uh end of the uh movie here and, and and kind of save the day ultimately Um, but you have, I think you've got strong story arcs for each of the family members. Um, some of the stuff that I was kind of iffy on was Janet being so emphatic about like, no, don't go to the quantum realm. Don't do anything with the quantum realm. When like at the end of the second movie, she, they had like the van set up with the quantum tunnel and they're like willingly sending Scott down to the quantum realm. Like, wait a sec, that's that doesn't add up. And the more you think about it, there are a couple of pieces that don't add up, but the, 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 t- whole, the time
0: differential was the biggest one for me.
2: Yeah. Um, well, that was because of the time vortex. It, you know, if you remember the end of Ant-Man and the Wasp when Janet says, don't fall into a time vortex, maybe he did fall into a time vortex where time mm-hmm. ate, time was different for him during the blip. And he's like, ah, it's been five hours. Oh, it's been Five years, um, right?
0: Yeah, that—that's where I was hung up. Like, well, it yeah. hasn't been fifty years by the time they get back from this two-hour movie. That must be it. Yes, because but time Janet was down
2: there now. in real time. She was down there for thirty right. years.
0: Very real true. time. Very she true.
2: aged. She lived her life. She was not in a time vortex. She Scott hooked up with Exactly.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's that's your. That's a good excuse though. If you're gonna hook up right. with somebody, say she I, needs issues. Exactly. <laughs> I didn't, think I, didn't think I was ever. <laughs>
0: I I was, I was was wondering when Hank said, yeah, I was, you know, I hooked up with a woman named Linda and I thought for myself, was that the name of Glenn Close's character in Fatal Attraction? Oh, that'd be hilarious. (laughs) That'd be a good one. No, I'm serious. I'm I'm dead. And and I didn't follow through to look. What was the name of Cat and and Romancing
1: the Stone? What was her name? uh, Joan Wilder. Okay, so Kathleen Turner. General, yeah. yeah, so yeah, maybe it was everybody in the past. Yeah, that's that's Hank, what he was doing. He was actually in right. Romancing the Stone, he was in yeah. right. Fatal Attraction. It was yeah. really him, it was his life story.
0: Yeah. <laughs> right.
2: Well, I kept racking my mind like, who's who's a Marvel character named Linda that would have been tied to Ant Man? And I like the original Ant Man, Linda Ant-Man, Danvers. I,
0: that was uh, that's that's Supergirl Carol Dick, Carol D- Oh. oh. Well, I no, think that's K, that's Care yeah, Danvers, the Danvers name. But um, bet it be- was Linda Lee Danvers before there was, she was. Yes, out. there wasn't. Yeah, uh,
1: exactly. Yeah. yeah. I so I was yeah. so we, was just we some, all, you know, sure. we oh, yeah. don't know. So I, I don't moving on from his uh, dalliances. Linda. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, Linda.
2: Yeah, but like I found it humorous, which I, you know, that's what I want from an Ant Man movie. I want it to be funny. The fact that I want anything from an Ant Man movie at all is kind of telling as to how much this has really kind of gotten into me. I mean. When I realized that I was sitting in a theater opening night for Ant-Man 1, I'm like, I'm sitting here in a theater opening night to see an Ant-Man movie. This is, this is okay. This is what we're doing. This is where we are. This is, MCU's really kind of got me. um, And it's kind of got a lot of us. Um, But he's a character that I've found to enjoy. Um, Hope is great, too. I wish Hope had had more to do in this movie. But I mean, I guess when you're balancing out all of these different characters, I mean, Hope was last movie, you know, Ant-Man and the Wasp. That was kind of her story mm-hmm. and her time to shine and her time to show us everything that she is. Um, but yeah, uh, it, was, it, it was funny. It, the visuals were really, really cool. Um, it was weird. I love that it was weird. I haven't been this weirded out by a Marvel movie since the first time I saw Guardians of the Galaxy because it was so out of left field and this was like true out of left out field out of the ballpark entirely. I don't know baseball metaphors, but that's uh <laughs> you know um, Modoc for me was the very definition of thanks I hate it. Like
0: <laughs> <laughs> that was a wild surprise. I, I was that
2: I think that because I'm supposed to here. feel thanks, I hate it. Like the uncanniest of valleys, and yeah. I'm going. I I don't know what to think or feel about this.
1: But well, at least you got to see his butt as they picked him up. Oh, it like tiny legs. <laughs> oh, oh my, my god, goodness.
2: it was so like, weird. At least I understand weird.
1: how we got there. Right, he kind of shrunk yeah. Yeah. in all the wrong place ways. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Like and they made that. Just be glad it wasn't in his front.
1: Yeah, <laughs> a, a comedic foil. That was a probably a good point. They made him a, a comedic foil, which was great. First, yeah. mean, like he. Like no, and it's like at least I die as an Avenger. I mean, just so they, like it's perfect because he wasn't right. that well written of a character anyways in the first movie. And Very the fact one note, yeah, yeah. yeah. I and mean, like I was your brother, and he's touching his face. I'm like, I liked how they had they added comedy yeah. to this movie. I think it really balanced it out to not take this movie too seriously. Right,
0: right, right, right. Well, <clears throat> I, I was not a fan. Sorry. Um, while I do agree with a lot of the things that Jen said, um, I, I'm, I was so dialed into Ant-Man 1 and 2 with that type of humor and the fact that this is a smaller story. It's a small, It's a smaller character in the bigger pantheon of things doing a smaller, different kind of story. This film was put in play. Now we had seen Kang not in name but in character at at the end of Loki season one and it's gonna spin off into Loki season two. Um but this is setting up the Kang Dynasty, which is gonna bring the Avengers back with the Fantastic Four in the multiverse. And it's gonna be you know it's gonna be their attempt to reach back out to the glory of Endgame um in a big spectacle to get that ball rolling with Ant-Man, who to me was a small, fun, sitcommy kind of fun character got you got me there jen just made that you're right i didn't even think about that Smart, yeah. I, I i feel like this was the absolute wrong character to try to kick off kang it just that 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 part of it just did not do it for me um kang should blast out and take on the fantastic four out the box like he did in the comics he should blast out he was introduced in the avengers That that's what he should be doing it should be more epic and scale and I mean, and again, your visuals of this were fantastic. His depiction of of what is known as Chronopolis, his homeland with all the Mm -hmm. different spires and throughout time. Uh, Kang was not Kang the the time conqueror in this movie. He was a dude who was stuck in the multiverse, and in the past, he conquered reality, and he was trying to get back to it, so mm, okay, that part of it can kind of work, and it did tie back to what we saw in Loki, but I did not feel that Ant-Man was the right vehicle to start this road trip with Kang really I kind
1: of felt like the way that Thanos worked effectively we were given little bits of Thanos story time and yeah. build up his his mythos and build they didn't introduce him and he was just taking on the Avengers right away at drop one and I think this is a good way to introduce him in a small way with one Kang that obviously was foiled um, and then it leads into okay they're probably going to have Kang dripped into the rest of this. And it's going to be pieced together and you're getting more of Kang and you're going to get that moment of fine, I'll do it myself type of mm-hmm. building it up. And I think that's how you make it effective. And you, you basically establish more Kang, you give him more personality um, where Marvel failed in the past. I think the villains, they just like, here's the villain and we get no exposition. It's 15 minutes of like, right. this is he's why he's bad and he's a to bad match. villain. Yeah. Like, uh, well, yeah. Until like, you get
2: like longer you said, who has some valid points.
0: Exactly. Right. Well, but, and Todd, to your point, you had always said that, you know, Marvel kills all their villains. So you got, oh, I got a great story, but then boom, they're dead. Not, nothing more exactly. to go. Where Kang can't die um, because the, the, there there is no end There's to him. infinite of him. Yeah. Right. But I just.
2: here's Here's yeah. the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. This is not Kang's introduction. Kang has been here. The whole time, and I'm not even talking about Loki with He Who Remains. If you look mm. back through Phase Four, and Kang was in Moon Knight, he was in there. There were references to Ramatut. There was a sarcophagus that had the lines on his face. They said it was something else, some other lost pharaoh. And I'm like, oh, really? that's Ramatut. He
0: oh, was on no the idea.
2: back of someone's jacket. There was like a cult's Ramatut. They didn't say it by name, but if you look back, it's there. He's in Moon Knight. I would bet. That there are references to Kang that you can find in Eternals, in Ms. Marvel, in any of these other projects. Maybe not She-Hulk because that had a different goal in mind. But for a lot of these Phase 4 projects where people are like, there's no connective tissue. What's all these different characters? What's going on? All of these Phase 4 projects are about family. They're about gods and religion. They're about the things that you believe in. They're about your purpose all of this, there's there's seeds of Kang and there's seeds of what he's mm. about and there's seeds of what drives all of these characters and what motivates them. And that means that a Kang of some kind is going to be the foil for these characters who are motivated by love for family, who are motivated by what they believe in, who are motivated by purpose. Um, Shang-Chi, the rings, Well, those look an awful lot like the rings that are around Chronopolis, don't they? At the end of that movie, there's a beacon coming from somewhere. We don't know where. You had Carol Danvers come in and say, it's not from space. You had Bruce Banner come in and say, it's not gamma. It's something completely different. Is it a beacon Mm. to the quantum realm? Is that coming from Kang? Because- There's a pocket where all
1: the Kangs actually exist, right? There's
2: something going on. Kang's been here the whole time. This is not his introduction.
0: I just yes, and and I I wasn't I didn't do any of that processing. I totally agree with you. <laughs> this I liked I liked Ant Man as the fun small, yeah, small. Uh-huh. I liked him as the small jokey sitcomy fun film that didn't feel. Mm-hmm. Todd, you and I have talked about this because since we've been doing the show, Ant Man came out in 2015. I think Ant-Man mm-hmm. and the Wasp was in, in 2017, so it was immediately after Infinity War and it's, you know, it, it segued its way into, into Endgame. Um, I liked Ant-Man as a a smaller movie, smaller stakes, mm-hmm. a little bit more fun, and this just went kind of far beyond it, because I, I feel like they needed to accomplish something, um, and I just didn't feel like Ant-Man was the right vehicle to do it. It's just that part of it didn't mesh with me.
1: I, well, Charlie, they have what? to because
0: it's the MCU and everything
1: has to connect. And we got an Ant Man movie, so we got to push the plot forward. That is a problem with the, the MCU right now. That's everything where everything has where, to push everything forward. That, it limits right. your storytelling ability. It really and that, hampers you because. And that's,
0: yeah, yeah, right. And that, that's kind of where I've landed with movies since Endgame. Is that I just feel like it's like we got to get a, like we're Eternals, Jen. I don't know where you stand with Eternals. We did not dig on Eternals here. You know, I liked it was what just it tried.
1: Comes- I didn't think it worked as a Marvel movie right. it felt like a different thing doing its own thing and it right. just felt like yeah we got to tie it together and it just like and there's too many characters in, in, a, in a two hour time period these characters needed more development because they lacked a lot right. of personality I, I agree right.
2: I think Eternals should have been a show rather than a totally. movie in order to explore all the different characters and and their ties to history um, right. we probably could have gotten more seeds throughout that yeah. Um, sprinkles yeah yeah uh, I, I'm not really sure what you're saying here though, either, because it sounds like you're saying that you want each story to be its own thing, but it has to connect. And, but the connection is a bad thing or is it a good thing? For me
0: or is this Charlie? Yeah. I thought that. that I, are you talking to Tad?
1: Oh, totally no, no. I, 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 what I, What I'm saying right now, I think it, I don't want everything to connect. I would rather have better okay. standalone films that could just tell a great story and do their own thing versus having everything connect. Because I think it, what it does is say, by the way, these are what you can play with. Mm-hmm. And it might hamper you as a storyteller. Like, like Charlie says, I don't think Ant-Man was the right one. But guess what? Ant-Man was the next movie. And we're introducing King, and right. by the way. This has to happen. So I think right. it's, I think it's so, after yeah. 15 years.
0: They've got 85 right. pieces that have to fit. And I think yeah, so that you worked took better it. when you had 10 films. You, had, you took whiteboard number one and shoved it into whiteboard number two because those were like, well, that's on the slate, and this is the drive. So, I And I couldn't tell you, and again, I'm no help, I couldn't tell you what I think maybe a better character would have been to drive the bus on this. Thor, maybe? This could have been a great, you know... Asgard, w- in, plus since he's an Avenger. They've established the right that game. the
2: way to time travel in the MCU and you have to take MCU as separate from the comics. I love that okay. there were visuals in this that looked like the comics. Like, oh gosh, that's Kang and they, you know they made him look like right. Kang in the comics and he doesn't look stupid. Yeah. But right. they've established that the way to time travel in the MCU is through the Quantum Realm. So right. you have to use Ant-Man because no one else can get there, at least so far, I mean, the well, way but, I it was it was but, the
0: but in Endgame, they had their little wristwatches. So, right. but yes, okay, I get it. Yeah, it's
2: with the, the pim particles. particles is it's the way it's you travel that yes. technology? And I mean, yeah, Tony Stark developed it, but it had to use the pim particles yeah. in order to get there to tunnel through. Right. The, I mean, as of now, that's what the technology is in order for us to get right. to that point. So, if right. you have a time traveling villain like Kang that's how it has to get tied in together is through that. So I think it was set up well enough to tell the story that needs to be told with the characters that they have on the plate right now. Now, something else happens later down the line. More people get time traveling technology. You've got more TVA stuff. But I mean, one of the things that Tony Stark even said was, you know, if you mess with time, time's going to mess back. It's right. going to unleash this 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 kang in this next. Well, and saga, the multiverse the
1: as well, saga. right? Because then it just creates yeah. right. infinite possibilities yeah. of all these weird things. Right. And we had Spider Man, so I, I know we're getting a little long on time. So I'll yeah. just I'll just give my yeah. pitch. I know Charlie wasn't a huge fan of it. I said this was this was an Ant Man movie. It really was humor. Uh, it it did. It was a family film because we got the new unit. Uh, it Was mm-hmm. really Cassie and uh, Janet's film. Um, so we'd get less of, unfortunately, we got Michael Douglas saying how much he loves ants. That was pretty much his one trick <laughs> pony. Um, yeah, that's all it he had. essentially.
0: It yeah. was very ant light. That's yes. true. Yes. Light and Aunt
1: then Aunt. my son, who likes to look at things and figure out the scientific nature of it, he goes, I, quite honestly, I don't think Ant Man's powers uh, and the way they work with the pin particles uh, pass the sniff test because um, now he can grow <laughs> to infinite heights. And uh, where he used to have problems yeah. with that, and then it's like, well, why doesn't Janet have that ability? And then Cass- Cassie can just do it out of the blue. And, um, you know, remember when the first time Scott did it, it took him out quite some time, and Cassie did it, and she was out for like just a little bit. So, I think there's right. inconsistencies in the power it sets the, and what it they was can do. the oranges that's what helped her, she, which is she which is oranges. fine, <laughs> yeah, which, which is fine and all, but um, I, I think it was that <clears> Family film, um, it did have some 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 issues, but I thought overall I was entertained. Um, it made me laugh. Um, I, I, I I do think we're kind of running out of the people that are really interested in the MCU as a broad audience I think is probably going to shrink because I think they feel like eh, I can miss that. I can watch it on Disney Plus when it's out or skip it because it really doesn't yeah. matter because That's who cares? Yeah, the, is it really people that are going to be really be in it? Are people that like a character or are really tied to the MCU? Um, or new fans. and our friend, John, Jonathan Sear, who was all in, he says, no, I don't care. I'm tired of CGI fest. I'm tired of these things that like, it's the long game and paying off. I'm like, I'm tired of keeping up. It's just like, they need to start telling self-contained story, walk away from that. We feel like if I never saw another one, I'd be satisfied. It was great. I was given a perspective versus it doesn't make sense unless it's tying everything. And I'm like, because that just to me is... It's a fool's errand. Eventually it's going to sting you in the butt. And I think that's where Marvel's at. It's like, they're going to hit walls of like, I can't do this because of this. It's like comic, comic book continuity, Charlie, we know that that's why the retcon exists Whoa. because right. we want to play with pieces again. It's like right. the internals. I think the, uh, not the Eternals, uh, the inhumans, I think right. Marvel's going to have to retcon the inhumans because it didn't work. So yeah. I don't know. I, I thought but this was a, I
0: thought this was a fun film. Did I think it was a great film? No, um, but it, I've seen worse. Yeah, it's funny you should mention that because we're gonna jump on next and do our Patreon segment, Spinner Rack, we're gonna be talking about Avengers Eternals X-Men, which it was so like so background heavy that I'm like, okay. <laughs> because there was just so much of it I didn't get. Continuity anyway. bites you because people have to have so much background for it to
1: even make sense. It's like right. Ugh, yeah. If characters yeah. can't stand alone without watching 85 films, that's 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 that, a flaw in the that structure. Is troublesome. Yeah, I, and I do feel that it, it works well, but I'm excited to see what they do next, and hopefully, we get some cool payoffs. But you know, I'll be honest; I think, um, I think the most exciting, I excited I am for the Marvel movie is actually Enter the Spider Verse two.
0: That's not even an MCU, MCU thing. Exactly, <laughs> that's bizarre. All right, let's um, let's do ratings. Jen, out of out of ten, Ant Men's Mike Mans Ant <laughs> People.
2: Hmm. Eight. Okay. I, I enjoyed it. I liked it. I thought it was beautiful. I loved the family storytelling focus and it set up more of a what's coming up. So yeah, eight. I think it was solid. Was it the best? No, but I definitely enjoyed it.
0: Todd.
1: You know, I'm going to give it like a, a seven. Like I said, um, I've seen better. I've seen worse um and it's not an affront to humanity so i will uh not say the rotten
0: tomatoes <laughs> that are out there god it'll like the worst uh, thing
1: ever i'm like have you seen black adam folks oh my out. god
0: yeah <clears throat> Todd, you and i you and i had this conversation last night and i referenced the uh the weekly planet they do best movie ever worst movie ever as a spoof because it's like there's no middle ground um you you said i'm gonna go like six you know, I, I could be I could be meaner to it. Uh, I'd like the Corey Stoll stuff with um, with with Modak because every I, I love Modak. Um, the visuals were amazing, without a doubt. I love Kang as a villain, um, and it probably enhanced by the fact that we we read that recent Kang miniseries and it was fantastic. So, yeah, it's a it's a forgivable crime where the Eternals was not. <laughs> so I'll give it a six. <laughs>
1: All right. We hit the spectrum from six to eight. Well, very, very good. Jen, before we leave, thank you for being on and tell Thanks people how me. they can find you around the
2: interwebs. Um, so I have a link tree, which is uh link tree slash Jen Watson art, J E N W A T S O N A R T. On that Linktree, you will find links to my Instagram, my Facebook art page, my Etsy shop, my tea Public Teepublic uh, Teespring, and all my other projects that I do. I am an illustrator and a maker with a fandom-leaning uh, interest. Um, do uh, fandom-based stuff, d based stuff. I've got all kinds of cool stuff on my Etsy shop and my illustration uh, store, so please come check me out. Again, that's Linktree slash Art.
0: Todd, I stuff. Think maybe we should talk to Jen about some new art for the network. Yeah. Jen has Keep some really
1: great stuff, folks. I, Check it out. Uh, really cool. Uh, those masks are, are
0: rock solid. Love Thank them you. Sure. Thank you. Yeah. Love that stuff. Cool. And as always, friends, as always, thank you for joining us. You can find me uh, over on Twitter at the C3. Uh, my wife, April, and I do run the USS Grand Petoskey, one of the biggest chapters in the world of the Star Trek International Fan Club. You can find us at a website of that address. I also run Region 13 for SFI, which is Michigan and Eastern Canada. So if you're listening to my voice and you're a trekker, want to meet some fellow trekkers, I'm your guy. Drop us a line. Boop. Todd. Uh, follow me on
1: Twitter just for my own personal musings and talking about video games and have a good time with the old world of geek out there my personal opinions may vary. So enjoy those if you want. Um, and then at secret friends, you, uh, for Twitter and secret friends, for everything. Secret friends, we just added a Patreon page for all yes. our Patreon producers. Check that out. And by all means, check out our Patreon at, uh, patreon.com slash secret friends, unite, uh, just to see what we're doing. So there's some previews now I've got it. So the videos actually give you a little preview, um, which is great. So you can see if it's worth, uh, subscribing and just share it with folks, you know, cause there may be somebody who likes our stuff.
0: You better believe it. We have a good time. Friends, thank you as always for joining us. I'm going to tell you that sharing is caring and to keep on trucking. Be the hero, not the villain. Fire further, faster. In the truck. Oh, she (laughs) she beat me. I like ants. This podcast is part of the Secret Friends Unite podcasting network. Visit secretfriendsunite.com for more great shows, articles, news, reviews, and more secret friends unite podcasts are available on apple google spotify and other podcast services around the world if you'd like to be part of the conversation you can join us on facebook or our new discord server or follow at secret friends you on twitter please subscribe to secret friends unite on youtube and visit our merch store at tpublic.com just